This is a New Year's special. It will be found not within our Hebrews series, but within, on the website, it will be under special messages. This is a New Year's special, The Way of God's Justice, New Year's 2022. In 2022, justice is coming. Theodore Parker, a Unitarian minister who was born in 1810, called for the abolition of slavery. In 1853, a collection of 10 sermons by Theodore Parker was published. The third sermon was called Of Justice and the Conscience. And it included figurative language about quote, the arc of the moral universe. In that sermon, Theodore Parker said, look at the facts of the world. You see a continual and progressive triumph of the right. I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. But I can divine it by conscience. But from what I see, it bends toward justice. So Theodore Parker, way back in the early or mid-1800s, spoke of this arc of the moral universe that bends toward justice. In a 1918 concise instance of the expression that was similar to the modern version, was printed in a book called Readings from Great Authors in a section listing statements attributed to Theodore Parker and this became the concise declaration. The arc of the moral universe bends toward justice. In 1940, a version was found in a New Year's message, speaking of New Year's messages, by Rabbi Jacob Kohn, K-O-H-N, to his audience at Temple Sinai in Los Angeles. No attribution was given, but this is the quote. Our faith is kept alive by the knowledge founded on long experience that the arc of history is long and bends toward justice. Now perhaps more familiar to us is in a 1958 article by Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. King had this article printed in the Gospel Messenger periodical. King employed the saying and he placed it between quotation marks which meant that it was a pre-existing aphorism and I'm quoting here. He says, the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends toward justice. Now, in 1964, in a baccalaureate sermon at the commencement exercise for Wesleyan University, 
In Middletown, Connecticut, Dr. King included the saying in closing that speech. He said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. So it seems that the original attribution of this statement belongs to Theodore Parker. And its concise paraphrase is attributed to Dr. King. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Rabbi Cohn in L.A. in 1940, just before World War II broke out, he adapted and amended this saying, and his saying is also worth noting, and I want to really lay the groundwork for this. He makes it a matter of faith, which in his words is kept alive by the knowledge that the arc of history, in his case, not the moral universe, but the arc of history, is long and bends toward justice. Now I'm going to amend the saying again and say that the arc of the fulfillment of God's intention is long and it bends toward the fulfillment of his saving justice. He works everything together in accordance with the resolution of that great and gracious intention. Remember this. If and when you see things continue to go sideways in our country and in the world. God has not granted us the insight of the universally saving significance of Jesus Christ and of the, universally, the universal impact of the cross of Christ without the expectation that these insights would ground us and establish us in his love during the course of this age. That's why he gave them to us. That's why he granted us these insights, to ground us and establish us in love during the course of this age in which the violent dying reflexes of the powers of evil are seemingly flailing everywhere. God's justice is not something different from his mercy his love, his fidelity. Because of this, God's justice is saving justice. That's an exquisite term. There's one translation of the Bible that boldly translates the word righteousness as saving justice when righteousness pertains to God. And that Bible translation, which I think should be commended in this regard, is the New Jerusalem Bible. I'm going to give you a sample of times in which righteousness is translated as saving justice in the New Jerusalem Bible. Job 33:26. He will pray to God who has restored him to favor and will come into his presence with joy. He will tell others how he has received saving justice. Job 37, 23, he, Shaddai, is far beyond our reach, supreme in power, in equity, excelling in saving justice 
Psalm 22:31. And these will tell of his saving justice to a people yet unborn. Psalm 40 and verse 9. I proclaimed the saving justice of Yahweh in the great assembly. See, I will not hold my tongue, as you well know. Psalm 65, 5, you responded to us with the marvels of your saving justice. God, our Savior, hope of the wide world, the whole wide world, even the distant islands. Psalm 85, 10, faithful love and loyalty joined together, saving justice and peace embrace. Psalm 119, 142, your saving justice is forever just and your law is trustworthy. Isaiah 45, 19, I have not spoken in secret in some dark corner of the underworld. I did not say offspring of Jacob search for me in chaos. I am Yahweh. I proclaim saving justice. I say what is true. Jeremiah 31, 23, Yahweh Sabaoth, that's the Lord of the armies, the God of Israel says this, in the country of Judah and in its towns, they will use these words once more when I bring their captives home. Yahweh bless you, home of saving justice, holy mountain. Daniel 9, 7 speaks of saving justice, Lord, is yours. Matthew 6.33, set your hearts on his kingdom first and on God's saving justice and all these other things will be given you as well. Romans 3.21, God's saving justice was witnessed by the law and the prophets, but now it has been revealed altogether apart from law. Romans 5.21, so that as sin's reign brought death, so grace was to rule through saving justice, the peace and the joy brought by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 5.13, truly no one who is still living on milk can digest the doctrine of saving justice, being still a baby. So true today with many Christians, still babies. They can't digest the doctrine of saving justice. They can't digest the doctrine of the universally saving justice of God. Hebrews 7.2, passage we just recently exegeted. And Abraham gave him Melchizedek a tenth of everything. By the interpretation of Melchizedek's name, he is first king of saving justice and also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. 2 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith as precious as our own, given through the saving justice of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And finally, Revelation 15.4 rounds out our sample. Who does not revere and glorify your name, O Lord? For you alone are holy. And all nations will come and adore you for the many acts of saving justice you have shown. Now the ark of God's intention is indeed long. And that's something I want to emphasize. The ark is long. And that's why God's people throughout the ages have said, how long, 
O Lord. But why? Why is this ark so long? I think the answer to that is found in a paragraph from Bernard Lonergan that has been stored in my mind for some time. This quote I read years ago, but it stays in my soul. And it's only these quotes that I usually give to you. Under the justice of God in his book called The Redemption, I want to give you this quotation because I think it's supremely and profoundly important. He says, as to further questions about why God became human, why so many ages had to wait for the Savior. Please notice that when we consider the arc of God's intention is long. Why so many ages had to wait for the Savior? Why he came to the Jewish people? Why the spread of the faith is so slow? Why there have been so many heresies, apostasies, and calumnies against revealed truth? Why among the faithful there are so many sinners? Why so many are lax and lukewarm? Why even among the devout, the efforts of goodwill are so often frustrated through error and stupidity? To all of these questions, there is the same general answer, namely, that it is the way of God's justice to act through secondary causes and in accordance with their natures. This is why God himself became human, that he might be a secondary and proportionate cause in restoring all things. Ephesians 1.10, there's our central verse. And making all things new, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead also came through a human being, 1 Corinthians 15.21. But if he came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him, that first coming of his would not have been more successful had he come before the fullness of time, Galatians 4.4, and in the absence of the law, which was our disciplinarian until Christ came, Galatians 3.24. The quote concludes here. He says, nor did the Lord at that time restore a kingdom of Israel, in Acts 1.6, that would be suddenly and with manifest power bring all things under its sway. He preferred rather to sow a grain of mustard seed, Matthew 13, 31, which seems to grow slowly because of the kingdom, because the kingdom is proclaimed and propagated through secondary causes, namely human beings. So I say, why is the ark so long? Because God uses human beings beings because God has elected to use secondary causes sinful human beings the kingdom of God is proclaimed and propagated through secondary causes namely human beings consequently as Paul wrote to the Corinthian saints this is what came to mind as I thought of this first Corinthians 1 26 brothers consider your calling not many are wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, 
God has chosen the world's foolish things to shame the wise, and God has chosen the world's weak things to shame the strong. God has chosen the world's insignificant and despised things, the things viewed as nothing, so that he might bring to nothing the things that are viewed as something, so that no flesh can boast in his presence. But from him you are in Christ Jesus, who for us became wisdom from God, as well as righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. So I would say the ark of God's gracious intention is long because he chooses to use frail and sinful human vessels and because he wills that no flesh will boast in his sight when that ark has reached its final goal in saving justice. The ark of history and of the moral universe and of God's gracious intention, that's what I like to call it, is long because the way of God's justice is to act through secondary causes and in accordance with their natures. And this includes acting through human beings and in accordance with their sinful natures. Sinful natures that can only be brought under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Another quote is pertinent here, this time from Ethelbert Stauffer in his book called Christian Theology. These are quotes that have stayed in my soul for years. I bring them forth to you because they're part of me now. He said this, Christ takes up universal history, which since Adam has been set on the way to death, so as to give it henceforth an all-inclusive end in salvation. Justice is coming. Saving justice. The ark of God's gracious intention, and this is me speaking now, bends toward universally saving justice in and by his son. He is the visible radiance of God's glory and the exact visible self-representation of God's invisible reality. It is he, the Son, who upholds the universe and carries everything that happens in it through the course of all time toward a redemptive objective, who has made purification for sins, who has sat down in the highest heights at the right hand of the eternal majesty, Hebrews 1.3. And never forget that God caused to abound to us along with all wisdom and insight by making known to us the mystery of his will according to his benevolent and gracious intention which he intended in him for the administration of his household in the fullness of times to gather and sum up the all things in Christ things in the heavens and things on earth in him. And in Ephesians 1.11, in whom also you were predestinated, predestined to be made his inheritance according to the purpose of the one who affects everything according to the unstoppable resolution of his will. That ark bends 
toward saving justice. The arc is long, and from our standpoint, it seems like a very long time in coming to its fruition. But to God, it's not such a long time. The resolution of his will and his great and gracious intention is to gather and sum up the all things in Christ. In Ephesians 1.10, this above all things should be recalled by us for our future. The arc of this great and gracious divine intention is indeed long. But never forget that it bends toward a universally saving justice. The arc of history and of the moral universe is long indeed, but to God it's not so long. In 2 Peter 3.8, because to God a thousand years is as a single day and a single day is as a thousand years. And it bends toward universal saving justice through Jesus Christ our Lord and his saving death and resurrection from the dead. God's intention is a gracious intention. It has greatness to it. It is a great intention, as Isaiah 9.5 puts it in the original Greek text. It is a universally saving intention. Don't forget that when things go sideways. God's intention is a gracious intention, a great intention, a universally saving intention. It is the final realization of saving justice which will be seen by all to be rooted in the incomprehensible love of God. The arc of the gracious intention of God and of the moral universe, if you want to call it that, and of history is long. And it bends towards saving justice because it bends through the mediation of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And never forget this Lonergan thesis, the most important thesis I've read in all of theology from redemption, the redemption, thesis 17. This is why the Son of God became man. You could say this is why Christmas. This is why he suffered, died, and was raised again. Because divine wisdom has ordained the divine, that, and divine goodness has willed. Not to do away with the evils of the human race through power, but to convert those same evils into a supreme good according to the just and mysterious law of the cross. I said the just and mysterious law of the cross. All the ark of history, the ark of God's gracious intention, the ark, if you want to call it, of the moral universe, bends toward justice because it bends through the cross and it bends through the just and mysterious law of the cross. Add to that profound observation one by Thomas Torrance. He said this, God does not offer us any explanation for evil, but deals decisively and finally with it by entering himself into its abysmal chasm, separating us from him and bridging it through the atoning life and death 
of his incarnate Son. At the same time, the fact that God himself had to make atonement in order to save us reveals the bottomless nature of the discontinuity between man and God, which nothing and no one else could bridge. The arc of the divine intention is long, and it bends toward saving justice because it bends through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's my quote. Now, I hope that instead of judging the use of many quotes in this New Year's message, you'll appreciate the value of a vital, theological, functional specialty, that of research. Justice is coming in 2022. God's saving justice because of the just and mysterious law of the cross. With this assurance, we face 2022. Our hopes don't reside in politicians or in political victories or failures, but in the arc of God's intention. Our faith includes the assurance that the arc of God's irresistible intention bends toward a universally saving justice. We walk by faith on the king's highway. We walk with our God by faith, which is the assurance of this glorious and all-inclusive eschatological outcome. This outcome is rooted in the cosmic redemption of the, of the cross of Christ. It is rooted in the very heart of the crucified Christ. Now someone always wants practical application. That's what they like to call it because they can't find practical application from what's already been said. So I'll give you some. Micah 6, 8. Hasn't it been told you what is commendable or what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to be ready to walk with your God? In Micah 6, 8, of that which is commendable and that which the Lord requires of you, the first is to act justly, but not to act justly without the love of mercy, and to be ready to walk with your God. In 2022, be ready to walk with your God on the King's highway. In Luke 11:42, of the things that should not be neglected, Jesus lists justice first, and couples it with the love of God. In Matthew 23, 23, he lists the weightier matters of the Torah with justice first, then mercy, then faith. Justice is of first importance in all these lists, but justice is never far from the love of God and God's mercy. Because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, what we must give primary attention to is the justice of God and the love of God, the mercy and the faithfulness of God. God requires of us that we act justly. And this is only possible as a man or woman walks with his or her God. For our acting justly 
is only through participation in God and in a graced imitation of him. If a man or a woman loves mercy and is attentive to the justice and the love of God and aware that the arc of God's gracious intention tends toward a universally saving justice, then that man or woman will be prone to act justly and show mercy to others. And so, Father, we thank you that as we approach 2022, we can with the confidence that though the arc of your gracious intention to sum up all things in Christ Jesus seems to be long, that it bends toward a universally saving justice. May justice indeed come in 2022, but may it come in the form of the gospel that announces the saving justice of God. And may many people be transformed, may communities be transformed, nations set on a different path of restoration due to this message. And we ask it in Christ's name, amen.